hands to a brand new episode of Quality Check. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me as always is Drew Douglas. I feel like we've done this before. episode of Quality Check. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, is Drew Douglas. I, I keep having that weird feeling of deja vu. Oh, I get that six times a day. It just means someone's thinking of you while they're masturbating. fans to a brand new episode of Quality Check. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, Drew Douglas. Hello. Hey, Drew. How's it going? You're you're feeling <laughs> this episode because we're talking about Happy Death Day. Yeah, it's something I've been looking forward to for a while now. Me too, because this is just one of our jams. This is This is right up our alley for movies to talk about. So, Listeners, thank you for joining us. As we just teased, we will be talking about Happy Death Day to you as our new movie and returning to Happy Death Day, the first film. But let's go ahead and jump into our segment of Did You See? First up is Child's Play. Introducing your new best friend. People, let me tell you about my best friend. For Did You See It? Child's Play. Did you love it or hate it? 100% hates it. Oh! Now we, we clarify the rules here. We're, we're only going off what we see in the preview. That's right. So while I may not like this preview, I am excited to see Chucky back on screen. Let me ask you, the reason why you hate it is it because you don't hear Chucky speak. You don't hear him speak and you really don't see him. No. I think the story is ripe for a remake, and I like the idea that we're making... Uh, they kind of hint that this toy is kind of a, the next evolution in toys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a, as far as a preview goes, this, this thing absolutely sucks. Were you wanting more? Because it's short. It's only like a minute, maybe a little Keep more than the a same. minute. Just show Chucky. That's true. That's your moneymaker. Why are you not showing him? They're pulling what Sony did with Venom. Yeah, that's true. And that led to a lot of speculation that Venom was only in the very end, which was not true. But it just, I just don't think it's it's how you start your, I wonder what he's going to look like. Because I was talking to you about this, and I've seen all these movies, including the last two, like, direct uh, Blu-ray movies. And I've actually liked both those. And I've yet to see those, but I've heard really good things, especially for what they are. I... Did you like his looks? Because as time goes along, he just looks more and more rough, right? He just looks like he's been beaten up and thrown through the wood chipper. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they look like in this one because Don Mancini, who's in charge of that whole franchise, has nothing to do with this remake. I'm going to have to say loves it. Why? Because I like this idea of kind of keeping it close to their vest in terms of what he looks like, what he sounds like until it gets closer to it. And the uh, the other idea is the fact that he, this toy, is being manufactured and we just see this mass supply and it made me wonder, what if they ended up taking this and it's just a major malfunction in this toy that they're testing the limits of AI, possibly, and they are... Now, it's not just one toy, but there are multiple toys. That's the reason they're why I like do it. That. So they're setting it up for that, and it makes me interested to see the direction they take. So I like the, tr- the teaser for what it is, and I, I'm treating it just like that. Who is voicing Chucky? Because Brad Dorff did it in the original. Let me pull that He's up. He's done it the entire run, but with Don Mancini not having any involvement in this, I don't think he is in this. I'm not finding him, and that could be a problem. It's weird, yes. I'm not seeing anything either. What we do have, though, is Brian Tyree Henry, who he was blowing up last year in 2018. So I think and I hope that 2019 will be just as successful for him. Tim Matheson is also in this. He's the founder of Caslin Corp, the manufacturer of the Buddy Doll. Do you like So uh, the Buddy Doll, a.k.a. Chucky, 
is spelled B-U-D-D-I in this new version. <laughs> That's stupid. They're just changing things. That's I for it. That they're they're doing buddy for the whole AI, I bet. You know, to to work that in. That's yeah, my guess. That's or, true. Or I or mm-hmm. just that spin. I think it's dumb though. I don't like that. That's the one change I'm not a fan of. I have to say Tim Matheson. Whenever I grew up, I saw him in a lot. I heard his voice in a lot of things, but I have not seen him in anything in a really long time. I'm actually pumped to see him on screen once again. So now let's move on to another scary movie trailer, Pet Cemetery. The whole town's been using this place for generations. Folks make a kind of ritual out of it. It's not some campfire story. All right, so Drew, both you and I are really looking forward to this movie, another Stephen King big screen adaptation. This is a remake to a movie that I really liked growing up, but I've not returned to in a while. This film, this new trailer, what do you think? Loves it or hates it? Loves it. So this is the trailer, mind you. We were talking about this. I brought up the new trailer that we're talking about includes the death of the child. You actually see which child dies. And then you also see the setup for the death of the neighbor in it as well. Those two things pushed me over the edge to say I hate sex. I don't mind the change of the child, which child of Lewis is killed. Uh, but they show one of the bigger parts of the book. And they I just don't like when previews show you who's going to die. Yeah, that's really annoying. And I like the the way it's cut for seeing the girl and how she goes out. But it also makes me wonder, wouldn't it have been better? Like in the original story, the boy is just simply running toward the road and he isn't running in the road towards something. He's just running almost like across the road. That's how he gets hit. What if the cat church is across the road and she's running toward it? They made it seem as if church appears to be a cat, but really it's a giant semi barreling toward the child. That, I'm... I'm okay depending on what they end up doing with this character, but it makes me very skeptical in terms of how they're going to pull it off. Because the idea of having a child, this infant, Gage, who is their young son, be the one in the original story, which is inspired by something that almost happened to Stephen King's son, that was so terrifying to hear about. So with them flipping this, it could be good. I know you're saying that having the girl, it could lead to other better opportunities. So I'm open-minded about it, but I'm upset that they revealed those two things. I think I'm excited because I think that she might be, Lewis is the main character in the story. And I think that she might be a daddy's girl. So it's a bigger uh, impact when she dies and comes back. Interesting. Well, especially whenever we have Jason Clark saying, hug mommy. I think the problem too is you, if you watch that old movie, which we will eventually the little boy in that, it's just kind of silly to watch a child. There are, yeah. You, you can only do so much with somebody so young. So if you if you kind of bump the age a little bit, Unless I think... Unless Spielberg. When's he ever had a child run around and kill people? Oh, Firestarter. He didn't do that. <laughs> he at least had, uh, with uh, Drew Barrymore, worked with her on E.T. That was right before, I believe. But does it bump your excitement level after seeing this new trailer? It was always the same. Okay. Now I'll say, uh, Jason Clark is Lewis in this movie. And I listened to the audio book recently, and Michael C. Hall of uh, Dexter reads the book. And I always envision him now as Lewis. Oh, he would have been perfect. That would have been really good to see him in that role, yeah. I mean, I like Jason Clark, don't get me wrong. Yeah, see, see uh, Jason Clark's pretty good, but I, I don't know. I, I like your idea of having the other actor play Lewis, because I think he's very adequate to play that kind of role do you like the way church the cat looks i do looks cool there are a lot of things visually i like i like the kids this whole ritual taking the pets to the cemetery there are so many things about this movie i think it looks really good and setting the stage it looks very atmospheric so i'm definitely on board but this trailer just kind of upset me because of those things what's funny is you came back you had seen something and you got this new preview, and you came back all fired up, angry about what you saw. You I didn't. You didn't tell me what it was. I went to the movies, got, I guess, what is maybe a second preview that I've never seen before, 
And I texted you back right after the movie ended. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, they don't show any of that stuff. You know, this last movie, Happy Death Day to You. We got this new preview. So you got to you got to be with me as I watched it for the first time. Live, because I remember as soon as it revealed that the girl died, you're like, this is new. I'm like, good. I'm glad I knew I'm crazy. From the beginning, I was like, this is different. Okay. Because I know whenever I brought that up to my dad, too, he's like, no, I didn't see that. I'm like, yeah. what? Am I the only one he, seeing this? He probably saw the one that I saw. Yeah, that's right. So Zelda, we get a glimpse yeah. of Zelda in this. I'm excited for that. Great. Is I, and It's been a while since I've seen the original movie. Is Zelda, she's not in the original movie, right? No. That's weird. That's, yeah. a, good part of the, that's a good part of the book that uh, I'm very excited to actually see in live action. I just wish that, and so here I'm pulling up this image of Church and how crazy he looked in the original. Ooh. There are certain things in the first film that are good, but it comes off a little cheesy at times. So I'm definitely excited to to see this adaptation for sure. So, Drew, I think it's time to bring up Happy Death Day to you. Everything's different this time. Now, the killer is coming after all of us. That means I'm gonna have to die over. Bye! And over again. To save all of you. Damn, this is crazy, man. Happy Death Day 2 You tells the story of Tree. Hours after escaping a killer and a time loop, this college sorority teen is forced into a parallel universe with a new mystery to unravel. What are some of the things? I know that this movie was made for $9 million, and it's going to make that up, but it's actually tracking fourth right now in the projections for the weekend box office. A little lower than expected. Um, yeah, $9 million budget came out, was supposed to actually come out on February 14th, Valentine's Day. They bumped up the release because it happened to be the anniversary of the uh, Florida school shooting massacre. So out of respect, they bumped it up a little bit. Christopher Landon wrote and directed the movie. Rotten Tomatoes score, 66%. Let's do the Rotten Tomatoes game. Weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago, you and I predicted the Rotten Tomatoes score for Happy Death Day to you. It's sitting at 66% right now. You said 60%. I said 67%. And you know the rules. Whoever's closer, up or down wins. So I take this. You, you got it. That means with the Rotten Tomatoes game, I am now 2-0. and oh. Well, hold your horses because we'll see how that score compares once we get to the movie review game by the end of this episode. I hate that game. Bring it on, baby. I love it. <laughs> All right. So now that we know that about Happy Death Day and the overall scores on Rotten Tomatoes, let's do fill in the blank. Where What's that? It's happy death day to you, fill in the blank. And then it's basically a one word or few word review on how we feel about the movie. So, what do you have to say? Happy death day to you is fill in the blank. Happy death day to you is a sci-fi delight. Woo! What do you think about that? Uh, mine's kind of similar. It's more of like a, a gag, if you will. It is, uh, it, that, that's not literally what it is. Mine is, Happy Death Day to You is a horror Back to the Future Part 2. That is true. So what do you have to say about the overall grade of Happy Death Day to You? Initial thoughts, I'm going to give it a B. A flat B? Yeah. So your initial thoughts, you said that as if you scored higher or lower the first time. I feel like it could go higher, but I'm a little tepid on it right now. And we'll get into that because there, there are some questions you have about the movie, some questions I've got about the movie. And I'll tell you this too. Yeah. When I saw this movie, I was in a cranky mood. Oh, really? Yeah, I was not in a good mood. So it was just leading up to the movie itself or just a bad day or yeah, just all kinda, the above. I'm tired. It was after a long day at work. Valentine's Day was the next day. <laughs> you had your mind. I had my mind elsewhere. So I'm going to be honest up front and say 
I was distracted. I'm going to just admit that right now. Okay. So that's interesting because you didn't seem like you were cranky or upset. We went to see it together and it was almost like a double date type situation, but I got to see your reaction on a lot, on a lot of things. You probably heard me what sounded like I was howling through most of this movie. Did you hear me laugh at all? Yeah. There were I heard a lot of the subtle laughs. Some of the moments that you ended up giggling about. And anytime there is a Back to the Future reference, you would end up saying something or laughing. And then that's typically, that got the largest laughs out of me. Like the Biff's Lawn Service. We'll get into that later. But I have to say, I'll give it, and I've gone back and forth really swinging wide on this. Because initial thoughts, I really like this. Right on the edge of loved it. I'm going with a, a B plus. And I, I kept swinging back and forth. There were a few things that we need to talk about in spoilers. I don't really want to get into that until that moment because that way we can dissect that a little bit more. So let's talk about what works here. What do you think overall for Happy Death Day to you? I think it's just a lot of silly fun. And I, that sounds like a knock. And I, I'm, I don't mean it to be that way. I think a big reason why this is so much fun is because Christopher Landon, who wrote and directed this, finds a pretty fun way to stretch the premise. So the first movie is teen slasher, horror, dark comedy. And this has kind of evolved into like this zany sci-fi college comedy with alternate dimensions. Can't go wrong with alternate dimensions. I really love that. And I like that they found a way to kind of revisit and remake the first movie and flip it on its head a little bit. I know... Landon had made the comments doing the press junkets for this film that he wanted to create a sequel but not rehash it. I thought they did a very good job of not rehashing the film. They do rehash it, but it's in a way that feels new. It's a remix of it. Yeah, you re they're remixing it. And that I really liked. And it almost seemed like a meta. To me, this is like a meta, a smart way of doing something that you end up taking the tropes of certain films and especially sequels and you kind of turn it, you're aware of it, but you end up going forward in a way that's a crowd pleaser. This for a lot of teens, growing up, Scream was this movie for me. Yeah. So teens now seeing this movie, this is going to be their Scream. Would you like to see this turn into as many films as what Scream has become? Four? Yeah. Um, We'll get to that. Okay, because I know we will have sequel discussions later on this episode, but... So what else works? I like, like I said, I like the the sci-fi angle. There's actually kind of a romantic dramedy to this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of down moments where it's about the relationship between the main character, her name is Tree, and Carter is a, her love interest. And when we get into this parallel universe, she finds out that her boyfriend is actually with her sorority nemesis, where she comes from. So there's a lot of fun with like the uh, love triangle there. And maybe I'm overstepping here just a little bit. But if John Hughes was alive today, I feel like this is something he would be doing. That's at a good some point. point. This feels very John John Hughes to me. That's a valid point and statement. Yeah. And I, I mean that as a great thing. And then I the final thing I think that works the best is Jessica Roth is incredible in the first movie, I think. And Rachel Matthews plays Danielle, which is her sorority nemesis in this one and she is freaking incredible in this movie she gets this is and you can see my two top things it's the character development danielle almost steals the show and scenes for she me. does for me i mean there are glimmers of how funny rachel matthews is in the first one but she's like off the charts in this movie and she's actually my movie MVP. That was actually that was going to be mine because there were so many especially the there's one scene toward the end of the film. I was literally doubled over laughing. It, it turns into a heist movie. The fun way about remixing this movie is you go into an alternate dimension. You can tweak all the characters from the first movie. So if you're a huge B in the first movie, Ooh. you can be really nice in this one. It's a, it's a play on just flipping everybody. And they don't do this with every character. Most characters pretty much stay the same. But with her, they have a lot of fun. 
in kind of flipping who she is in the first movie and who she is in the second one. And speaking of that, we'll get into that in spoilers because there are a lot of things, especially questions that I have about the movie I'd like to talk to you about. But Danielle, she's a better character. I would say more well-rounded, but she just shows off a lot of other characteristics that we didn't see in the first film that make her a a standout that I was not expecting. Going into this movie, I was really caught off guard in a good way with her. Tree's character is developed a little bit more. One note, talking about the Back to the Future references, I was really upset they did not say, make like a tree and use that for this and her character's name. I was so upset. Like, that was a missed opportunity. I bet they probably did that and it got cut. Ooh. So that'll make its way into the DVDs. Yeah, the DVD and Blu-ray. We, we mentioned a lot of nods to Back to the Future and the music has Bear, these yeah. twings of Alan Silvestri's score from Back to the Future. Bear McCreary, who did the music for this, I, throughout the entire film, kept thinking, this is almost like they modeled not just the movie, but the score, some of the shots, so much of it was, and hence why I called it that and fill in the blank. Speaking of... Back to the Future references very heavy in the ver- in the beginning of this film. Lots of references. And I never thought that it was too much, though. I never thought it was too heavy-handed. They acknowledge it. But in the first, going back and re-watching Happy Death Day, the posters, everything on the wall stayed the same. And I never noticed never it. Never noticed any of the Back to the Future stuff. Until watching Happy Death Day, you, you whispered the poster when she wakes up in the bed. And that's in the first one? It is. That's incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of Carpenter nods. Yeah. Um, so there's a Back to the Future poster. The characters mention Back to the Future. Carter's literally like, this is like Back to the Future, and Tree has no idea what he's talking Ooh. about. What do you think about Which is Tree? just like the Groundhog's yeah. Day reference. In the too. first movie, she has no idea what Groundhog Day is. Would you, if that was your girlfriend or your love interest... I would break up with her. I'd say it's over. Immediately you don't know what spot. this is? Get out. I would Get say, out of my dorm. I, I, would, I would seriously say, all right, well, it was nice knowing you. Goodbye. What's funny is I, I remember her not knowing what Groundhog Day is in the first one, but I thought she started laughing because oh. she was playing a joke on him. Oh, she doesn't yeah. do that. And no. she doesn't, she, so she really doesn't know what these movies are. Yeah, she would have been kicked to the curb ASAP. Which I do like that because she almost plays like the teen's that are currently watching this, like you said, this is their Scream movies. This is their franchise. So it's interesting. If a lot of that, uh, the demo for watching this movie and the whether it be teens and college students don't know Back to the Future and Groundhog Day, but it's surprising because of how influential Back to the Future is and how much they've really relied on it here. It makes is, it, is it possible you wouldn't know what Back to the Future is? Uh, yeah. That's scary. No joke. There is somebody who I know uh, closely right now has never heard of Back to the Future. What? Yeah. Is it a child? No. It is a an adult. What? Yeah. Yep. It's totally, totally caught me off guard. So the other thing that I want to say that I really liked, it focuses, the movie kind of starts off and it focuses on the best friend element. And I did kind of dig that. And it was Carter's best friend, one of his best friends, he walked into the room, Ryan. And I like that it starts with him. And he, without giving anything away right now, is kind of the gatekeeper in terms of what's happening here. And we start to dig into this overall mystery. And I really like that. Were you a tad nervous when the movie opens with Ryan? We spend five minutes with him. I was concerned for a second that he was our main character. I like Jessica, and I think she is a lot of fun in these movies. I like her as the main character. But if he ended up being the main character, I thought these trailers, all of the promotion for the film fooled us leading up to this. I would have been okay, but... Going into it that, okay, this is this is a little making me a little nervous. I liked it, though. It was like the beginning of Creed 2 when we start off with Dolph. We spend, that's the opening, and you're like, man, that's not how I expected this to open. Well, especially if you go back and rewatch the first film, Ryan mentions he had to sleep in his car. 
So this is yeah. a this kind of this reoccurrence and and it just there are so many nods that I think Landon, the writer director, did a very good job tying this all together and this, kind of having an overall idea in his mind. These two are great if you just want to sit down and watch it basically as one movie. Yeah. Which is very much so like Back to the Future One and Two. Mm-hmm. If you yeah, watch those it happened. I mean, this movie picks up seconds after the first one ends. All right. So what doesn't work here? This is going to sound a little stupid because I've already praised it for the oh. remix aspect, but there is maybe a little too much of the feeling of been there, done that. There's something about how it feels so familiar that a little it kind of turns me off a little bit. What and question for you on this. I had a friend reach out and he said they kind of backed themselves into the corner using the same characters, which I thought they branched out and used some newer characters in this, like the friends of Ryan's. Yeah, they expand Daniel a lot. Mm-hmm. They have two friends. Ryan's bigger role in this. His two friends are brand new. I feel like I feel like they did a good job of really expanding the universe, bringing more into the fold. Yeah, I would. And agree. I liked Ryan's friends too. I did his science buddies. I actually liked all the characters. I there was not. One person that I'm like, eh, it's okay. I like one thing, I guess going back to what works is, and you can maybe critique this with both these movies, but it relies on every day I have to live the same day over and over again. I know this, but the people around me do not. And in these movies, none of these side characters ever question it. Oh. They're just like, well, that's weird. And you kind of talk them into it. She's able to prove it eventually. But there's never like any infighting about thinking, oh, she's crazy. We have to lock this person away. Oh. And I like that. Yeah. It, it just removes any of the drama of a, what a lot of these movies do where they think you're loony. Well, let me ask you if someone like I came to you and like, Drew, we I've been living this day over and over again. What would you immediately say? You're like, you're nuts. I would think you're pulling my leg. <laughs> but if you started, if you were able to start proving it, I'm all bo- I'm on board, baby. So it would be like three things and I'd prove. I'm like, he's going to answer that call. This car alarm's going to go off. And then we're going to see a guy pass out at work. So I've got one and only thing on what doesn't work here. It is, there are several, I'm calling them plot holes. There are certain holes in this about her death and advancing the story and plot that seem a little shaky to me. And those are the questions that I have about this, specifically about the movie. And as we were saying before recording, once I ask you those during this recording, that could change my view on the overall grade and influence me one way or the other on if I like the movie more or less. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to help you out because the last thing that I have for what doesn't work, I think it's confusing. Or I'm just really dumb. In terms of the I overall even, story? Yeah, this the whole how the how this whole thing works. Because I looked it up and even then I couldn't figure it didn't explain the questions I had in my mind. Okay. Do we need to get into spoiler territory here? Let's do it. Because I'm really excited to dive into this movie. So listeners, if you have not seen the movie, jump forward to where we are talking about Happy Death Day, the first film. But if you have seen it, hop on board. All right, so what's your first Spoiler question. So this has to, we have to go back to the first movie. Tree is stuck in the same day over and over again. She has to find out who her killer is. She does, survives the night, the 24 hours, and advances to the next day, Mm -hmm. correct? This movie, we're led to believe that Ryan creates the time loop, Mm -hmm. correct? And that's why Tree is in the loop. Yeah. He gets killed, and we find out the killer is an alternate version of himself and he's trying to close all these loops that have started. Mm -hmm. They, they go to shut down this machine and tree gets thrown into an alternate parallel universe. I don't understand how Ryan has anything to do with this. I I don't get it. Like how he came back or there's a second, an alternate version of himself. Like what does the first movie have to do with, what does the, the machine have to do with the first movie? Because apparently finding her killer and surviving had nothing to do with it. Right. So that makes it shaky for me on the first film. And while I would say Happy Death Day to You improves the first film, it also takes away from it a little bit because of that reason. Because 
In a sense, I thought if Ryan was the killer, wouldn't it make more sense that Tree is the one offing them because there are multiple versions of these characters? So she's the one who's had to relive this. She's the one who's died, but she's sent into this, this loop. And she, I think, if it was revealed that she was the killer, that would have been had more of an impact. I'm the same as you. Like, it was a little confusing. How is Ryan now the one who's going through and yeah, killing well, himself? I don't, because the movie opens with Ryan getting killed and then waking back up. And that's how they learn that this loop is happening again. And he is killed. We learn in the first like 15 minutes that he's killed by himself, an alternate version of himself. I just don't understand. I like that this movie explains why the first one happened. I just don't think it makes any. I don't know. I'd have to see this again because I just don't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and that's a problem when you're messing with time that it becomes convoluted, and maybe it doesn't even matter. True, and I I was thinking about especially for advancing the story. If they just stuck with tree, it would have been it would have made more sense. Now expanding on what you said, I thought someone had to be next to the machine for them to go through time. She was nowhere near this machine at the end of the movie when she was sent forward, right? She was in the hospital fighting for her life again. And I thought that the whole reason for her to get back is to be there next to the machine. I, I, I honestly did not understand that. So if you could literally be anywhere and you had to put in this algorithm, per se, into this machine... All you had to do was enter in like this data or this code for a person and it would send them specifically. I didn't quite get that. It made no sense. Like, and why was why wasn't everyone else thrown back or forward through time? And she was the only one. This says it looked like Tree killing her own killer broke the time loop, but that's not quite accurate. She survived the day instead of by passing the time loop onto Ryan. Did they mention that at all? No, not that I can remember. How did they remember. get that? That's like final destination or yeah. something. Who begins, so Ryan begins repeating Tuesday the 19th as the start of Happy Death Day to you. Ryan had his own babyface killer who murdered him, which reset the day when Ryan died. Luckily, Tree knew exactly what was going on, so they set a trap for the new babyface. Hmm. That's not explained. I don't think it is. And it's himself killing himself. So it's literally... A back to the future moment. Yeah. This mentioned Ryan too knew the machine was unstable. Ryan activated it anyway, and the device's faulty algorithm caused an overload that hit everyone in the lab, but it was Tree that was most affected, and she was sent back to September 18th with into a new time loop. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe they explained a lot of this. And again, I was very tired. I was very hungry. I spent probably the first 10 minutes eating a burger, by the oh. way. <laughs> so my my attention was a little uh, all over the place and in my own lap. But. I couldn't hear because you sounded like a bear chewing into that burger. It was a good burger. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, honestly, I'm with you on the same page. It's not the fact that it's something that's it, – it's just not easily understandable, I think, because like you said, you're toying with time. So that is – one of the main things, too, talking about the plot holes and issues, one, I've got a few other questions. One, at the very beginning, Tree turns and winks at the guy in the basketball stadium whenever they're trying to survive. Is that setting up the fact that she asks her mom later in the film, hey, how did you know dad was the one? How did you know he's this guy worth fighting for and living for. I think she just not, she winked at him because she helped him realize and be uh, comfortable with the fact that he was gay. Okay. See, I took it that she was now interested and she no. liked the fact that he was giving her attention. Because okay. he's sitting next to a guy. In that, yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that's what she was insinuating, not the other idea like, hey, I like you. Number two, what happened to Ryan Whenever she jumps forward, he just disappears, this alternate well, version. All these, all, I'm assuming every time she gets killed, she is creating a new version of herself and all okay. these parallels. So, like, what happened to all those other versions? Right. I don't know. A lot of this, I, I don't fully get. Yeah. and then, We might need to call Christopher Landon on the phone. Woo. I got a lot of questions. Call him up. 
I don't know. Maybe it's, I think it's one of those things where it's best not to think about it. And this is my third and final question that I have in terms of not thinking about things too much. If she killed herself at the moment that the machine went off, would she be stuck in the infinite loop, therefore causing her to live this day almost in purgatory over and over throughout the rest of eternity, so to speak? Because, mind you, at the, one of the last moments, the deciding factor when she's like, I need to go back, and she tried to leave with her family to escape campus so that she could leave, but then Carter was killed. She saw that on the news. She jumped in her parents' car, drove back, ran this substation to kill herself and also shut down the power so they wouldn't, you know, use the start of the machine. Wouldn't it, couldn't she have just killed herself and that would have restarted the day and she didn't need to like go through all that? I guess in that universe, Carter would be dead. Well, I don't know. But then again, I guess if she killed herself, the story would still progress and then they would get the machine to work and she was the missing link all along. Yeah, she had to shut it down. I don't know. So, and that's where I'm saying my mind is going in so many different directions to try to piece this together. Maybe it is best. We're going to have to just go with that. See it again. Honestly, yeah. So, I think that's a good transition for me. This is very high on rewatchability. Once we left, I wanted to turn around and walk back and watch it again. Yeah, I'm excited to see it again. Uh, hopefully, under better circumstances. Does it have a higher rewatchability than Happy Death Day, the first film? Hmm. I've, I've got a, an answer to that. Why don't you go ahead and answer? Yes, because of everything we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> or we can't figure it yeah. out. That's the reason why. There's a simplicity to the first one that I enjoy. And I, I love the, the slasher genre and this having fun with it. But yes, there is a there is the sci-fi element that I, that I like a lot. And I, I just think Daniel is an absolute delight. So I would like to watch her again. Danielle's a lot of fun. Do you like her better in this than the first film? Yes. For sure. They do stuff in the first movie with her that I actually found offensive. Oh, yeah. I remember talking we to you about to that. We talked to The first time we saw it, I was like, at one point, she talks like a deaf person and uses sign language very sarcastically. And I was like, I, did, I feel like that's really dated and offensive. And then in this one, she ended up uh, using the whole blind bit where she... Yeah, it was a little funnier. And there's oh. this gag in the first movie where she's like, oh, we're not working with like that Special Olympics group again. And in this one, she she says, we're, we're working with them again, and she's very happy about it. There's a the so that, it, there's kind of a payoff to it that is funny. Do you want to get into questions, the other questions that we have in terms of Happy Death Day in the franchise? Yeah, I got I, I just really have one, and it's okay. I think I know the answer, and it's do you want to see more of these? 100%. Yes. Me too. And this is the thing. All three, they said they have an idea for a third movie, and if this does well, they'll make it. What genre do you want that to be, and what do you think it's actually going to be? I would like it to be Western, following the Back to the Future. That's what I said. But it's taking yours. So No, no, take it. Um, I, will, I will do uh, what I think that it will be is going to be a rom-com, like a straight-up rom-com. They're not going to do a rom-com. I know what they're going to do. What's that? We get an end credit scene where they, this government agency takes yeah. the kids and they have the machine and they say, we, we can't figure out the kinks. We need your help, but we need a test subject. And Danielle wakes up in her bed and starts screaming. It's insinuated she's living it over and over again. I think what they're getting at is this agency, I feel like, needs their help, whether it's to stop something from the past stop somebody from getting killed. And the, so it's going to be some sort of action, like a Stephen King, maybe. Sure. We, I got to go back and save President right. uh, Kennedy like, from getting assassinated. Sure, okay. Well, we have to save somebody. We need your help. And it's like a government kind of spy action movie. This is going to be the Cars 2 of this franchise. Where Do you it's think like that'd be fun panned. to have them, the, the, the kids are being used by government, the government to stop some sort of crime or death? Personally, at the end of this, it makes me 100% worried. I'm a little worried it's going to get too... Too over the top. Too stupid. Yeah. My concern, and you brought this up, I think the pairing of one and two of this movie, great. I kind of want them to stop, 
But Landon says he's got the third film in mind. He's got this whole idea, this genre, which I did not realize until you brought that up to me. Each film has a different genre. So I'm interested. If he's got this in mind, I'm game because he obviously knew with the first film what he wanted to do after that and with the second film. So I'm I on board. I if he for did it. because he actually did not write the first movie. Oh. Which is interesting. I, I think okay. it's. I would. Li- I think it'd be a lot of fun if they went full they just went full into back to the future and it was a western i think that would be like the best thing to do and then that would serve as the reboot or this mirror of back to the future don't don't reboot back to the future just give this to the current generation i'd be okay with that either way yeah i agree 100 percent ready for number three in the box office Bit of a disappointment so far from what I'm looking at. It's Friday, so there's still time. But they'll bring bring it. They'll be able to meet that $9 million production budget. Yeah, I mean, it's estimated to get around $20 million for the weekend. But you know what? I want this to be big because the first one made a lot of money. So let me ask you. Jessica Roth, we talked about as playing Tree. I liked her. You liked her. But would you like to see another actress play Tree? No, I can't imagine anybody else playing this character. Okay. I've never seen this woman before in my oh. life. She's incredible. And we'll yeah. get into that. I mean, I'll we can talk about Happy Death Day right now. Let's get into Happy Death Day. Hey, you're up. Look, I know this isn't going to make any sense. Stop global warming. Hey. I feel like I'm losing my mind. You sneaky little biash. Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's gonna kill me tonight. So you can hear now. Happy Death Day, the first film, tells the story of a college student who must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. Well, apparently not if you've seen Happy Death Day to you. Bum, bum, bum. Let's do some movie stats. Christopher, okay. <laughs> Christopher Landon directed this movie. Like we said, he didn't write this movie. Scott Lobdell did. That actually is a surprise to me. The great Scott Lobdell. I don't know what else he's done. <laughs> but uh, movie came out on, on October 13th, 2017. Budget $4.8 million dollars. Made fifty-five million in the U.S., sixty-nine million around the world, one hundred twenty-five million altogether. Loves it. That's a huge hit for Blumhouse. Yeah, it is. That's a money maker. Rotten Tomato score. Do you have any idea what it is? Once uh, in it, like seventy-two, seventy-one percent. So okay, actually, kind of surprising. I guess maybe you could say. Yeah, but I remember whenever it first came out, a lot of love coming from the critics, the audience. And you really liked it. I remember hearing from you, and you were really digging it. I really dug it. I went, did we we go together? No, we did not. Okay. You people, saw it like two weeks before I saw it. And I went with, I know I two people I went with, and one of them really hated it. Oh. And he's probably listening right now, and I think you're dead wrong. Oh, that's fascinating. Just like hated the entire film. No I think he thought it was too silly. Oh. Which, I mean, that's kind of the stuff I like. Yeah, I, I, I did not see this film opening night or even opening weekend. I kept hearing really good things about it. And I saw, like I said, about two weeks later in the theater. And my first thoughts, okay. What? It was okay. I liked, I really liked parts of it. But other moments like it being, mind you, this was being really hyped and I kept hearing nothing but hype. And whenever I saw it, I'm like, okay, I can see where you would really like him. And I thought it was it was fine. But I didn't find it as funny as what I kept hearing people say that it was. I, I laughed. I did think it was funny. But I didn't think it was like, you know, roll on the floor laughing, anything like that. But I still enjoyed it. I And I only saw this movie once. Whoa. So... This was my second, second time viewing, my rewatch. Second. This is another viewing. one I saw opening weekend. I've seen four or five times since. And you were wanting to return to that almost immediately after walking out of the theater? Oh, yeah. 
Hmm. And I was really, having seen it all those times, I was really excited to rewatch it before the second one. So do you know what this time is? Like this is your sixth viewing? Probably fifth. (whistles) And they've all been great. So what holds up about it? I just like the silly, fun premise. Uh, We've talked about Jessica Roth. She amazes me. She's got such great charisma. She has the best facial expressions and reactions in these movies. And just, I like that this is a C, this is basically like a CW slasher film. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the perfect way to describe it. Which I'm all all about. It's like a gossip girl with a little Riverdale spooky whodunit. Question. And it's silly. Did it inspire Riverdale, do you think? I have no idea, Hmm. but I know you're a fan of the show. And that well, totally this season seems... is hot garbage. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm completely serious when I say after this season, I'm probably done. Oh. It's so bad. Wow. But I did love season one. Yes. Okay. So that would have been pretty close. I bet there's no no. I think they're just there. They're having fun because there's Archie comics that are set during zombie apocalypse and stuff like oh. that. That that's actually that that's a really good way to describe it. I have to agree. Jessica's fantastic. This, as I mentioned, my initial thoughts, watching the second the second viewing, thought it was much funnier. I was laughing a lot in my rewatch of this film. What do you think is the funniest part? Oh, I really like, and this is such like a subtle gag, it's the Vietnamese girl sitting on the steps. I wondered, and I kind of thought they'd do it in the second one, She will she be a main character in the third one? I think, yeah. After watching, rewatching this, and here's what happened. I watched Happy Death Day to You and then returned to the first film. So I did it in this out of order context and it, it was something, her character, I totally forgot about and she wasn't in I the second so film. I so bad for her. Oh. Because she was, throughout the first movie, uh, Tree is just Awful rude. to her. Won't even say hi to her as she sits and listens to the music. And then she witnesses the death of a sorority Ooh. girl. She gets splashed with blood. She gets the splash splash. Ooh. So question. You watch the second movie. Maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. You watch the second movie and then went back to the first one. You've already seen it, so it kind of doesn't sure. matter. Can somebody that's never seen the first movie walk into a happy death day to you and be okay? Yes. I think No. Really? I think this movie improves the first one. Yeah, I agree with what you just said, but... But I just think there's a lot of fun Easter eggs from the first movie that carry over into this one, and if you haven't seen it, it's not as enjoyable. I always like having stuff put in context for me, too. Mm -hmm. So there's... And they they do a good job if you see the second one, and you haven't seen the first one, it's fine, because they do... I mean, Tree literally goes, let's do recap, and we have 30 seconds explaining the first movie. Did you like that? Yeah, I mean, I I just think it's after watching it, I was like, you really, I think you really need to watch the first one first. So we, of us being there, you and I had seen it, obviously, the first film, but uh, someone who went with us, she has, she did not see the first film. She was walking in this blind lane. I asked her after the film, like, will you go back and rewatch the first movie? She's like, no. I don't get that. She's not going. She's like, I feel like I got it watching the second movie and I'm okay not watching. I said, even if I told you it was funny, would you go back? And she's like, no, she's okay not going back. And I thought, huh, that's fascinating. Because two, the first movie and this, the Happy Death Day to you, very different in the style and the genre, the way that they navigate the story, just very different film. Two, two different films. Like, if you like these characters, you'd be like, I wonder where they started. And you would go back and, and get to see them in a in a new just adventure. If I liked it enough, I would. And I did like the second movie enough, so I would go back and rewatch it. So I personally would know, you know, how I feel and what I would end up doing. But and and to someone else, I would also recommend them to go and, and rewatch this first movie. But this the first movie was funnier than I expected. I had more fun with it the second time around. Maybe it was because whenever I watched the first film, I was less into the whole murder mystery part of it. And I was more into the why she's stuck in this time loop. So I was thinking in terms of sci-fi. So the sci-fi is more of this appeal to me because I'm just caught up in this. All right, now I'm really curious about this 
the logistics of this time loop. Let's kind of dive into that. I like the slasher element, but it's almost where I like having the sci-fi first and then doing the slasher second. It's interesting because the first one, there's two big things. Well, one reason why I think it's important to go back to the first one is in the first movie, one of the reasons why this character has such a problem with this day that she keeps reliving is it's uh, her mom's not around anymore. Sure. And this movie really, the second movie really expands on the death of her mom. And in this universe, her mom is still alive. So it's like able to reconnect. Uh, So that's one reason why I think you... you have some context for the, that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, well, what were we talking about? About this being, the first film being a slasher, the second oh, being a yes. sci-fi. The first movie is kind of the whodunit. One, why is she reliving this over and over again? And who keeps killing her? So that's interesting. In the second movie, the killer uh, that's revealed at the very end of the movie, it really doesn't matter. That's yeah. not. That's kind of an afterthought. It doesn't matter who the killer is because it's all about how do I get out of this universe right so i think that's an interesting approach too where it just really eliminates like it just takes away the whodunit aspect i also think that it is a really good ode to slasher films i think it's a good genre bender comparing not just the first and the second having that but this really feels like this drew goddard type writing yeah very cabin in the woods or something now if you knew i told you you could go into a time or you were going to be pushed into this groundhog day time loop and you're going to get killed over and over again, Ooh. would you do it? I get to choose. Mm-hmm. I would be worried that I would kill myself and Ooh. I wouldn't actually be brought back. It would just suddenly stop. <laughs> I think for a while I would really get a kick out of it, and then I would be scared. I'd be like really scared, like, okay, this is the time I'm going to die, and I'm not coming back. Well, well, well let's the- say I'm not. you don't get a choice. You, like, would you have fun if this happened to you? I would. If I did not have a choice, if I had a choice, I would be freaked out. The, even the first time, I'd be freaked out. Like, say the first time Tree goes out, she slips and falls, and Babyface takes slashes her down like her head. That's so brutal. Like, I couldn't tell if he, like, stabs her in her eye oh, or he forehead. Goes, he impales the head, and then he kills her with a broken bong later. See, that... Now that would or be she fun. She kills her. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Woo. <laughs> Loves it. But I I have to say though, in terms of if I could choose or not, I'd rather not be not known, and then I would have more fun with it. Which sounds weird. I would have fun with it, but again, I would be very scared that I would jump out oh, of that yeah. plane, and I wouldn't be waking up. Would you skydive out of a plane? Go with no parachute? And I'd then, do it naked. That's actually the only way to do it. There's some. Uh, this is one question I had. Well, I guess they kind of explain it. That let's say in the first movie she gets drowned and she dies and wakes up in the bed and she's like spitting water out. But in one in one of the her deaths in the second movie she gets electrocuted and she wakes up and her hair's fried out. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't know that it really carried over physically that much. I. That was just like kind of a sight gag. Yeah, I I, I saw that as a sight gag. I don't think that's really what happened. But the one that made me cringe the most was the Drano. And she started drinking the Drano. I love it. And the the guy in the supermarket runs. (laughs) (laughs) One last just random question. The first movie has a a montage where she has a suspect list of her killers. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to find out who it is. And she keeps getting killed over and over again. The second one has its own montage, but it's a suicide montage. Which one did you like better? I, oh, I think I had more fun with the suspect list. The suicide was an interesting way of having this remix to the first film. But the suspect made it fun. The suicide you knew would end up coming. As in, like, she had to do that. I guess the suspect you never knew. To me... I didn't know the way that she would end up going out. They were able to be more inventive in the second film, but in the first film with the suspects, it was interesting to see who was, like, she was proving wrong or did not do it. The second one, the the suicide montage is full-blown Groundhog Day. I like the suicide one better because it's fun, but at the same time, you do feel a little odd that a person is taking their life and it's made to be comedic. 
that it was maybe some of the troublesome issues I had with this movie because a lot of people really have to go through hardships because of that. So it's it's kind of that thing where it's making do, do we want to glorify this or sure. not? So what do you think did not work in the first film returning to this? And I know you've seen it more than I have. Honestly, I don't really have a lot. There's there's not it is what it is, and I had a lot of fun with it, and we could kind of probably pick it apart, stuff that doesn't make sense, plot holes. I don't really have it because I like it a lot. So this is just a go and have fun with that kind of movie. Yeah, I don't think them. it's like stupid fun. I think it's like actually pretty smart and fun. Agreed. Now, I will say, and it's I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about this, but the murder mystery element went down a notch in my book a little bit the second time for the rewatch. That happens anytime you know the killer. But I had more fun with like her deaths and the suspect list. Leading up to that, I had more fun. And overall, maybe since I wasn't so focused on that and getting to the the why, I was able to laugh more, which means that the rewatchability was still higher in my book. It yeah, didn't, it's, didn't it's really go very down. high for me. So you want to do upgrade, downgrade stays the same? Yeah. What are you thinking? For me... A slight upgrade. Nice. Uh, it was already very high, so I'm going to say stays the same. Still love it. What's your MVP of this film? Of uh, Happy Je- Death. The first one, Jessica yep. Roth, easily. You stole that from me. Well, she can be on both of our lists. Well, she is. Official. She's. What the, has she done outside of this? Not a lot, if anything. Let me check. Give me a second. Let me pull this up. <laughs> because I was looking at Jessica the other day. Oh, no. And that sounds dirty. Yeah, it did sound very dirty. That sounds but really perverse, actually. She was the one who wore, I believe, the blue dress in La La Land. I know she's in some love story with a horse, maybe. Forever My Girl. She. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. There's not a horse in that, though. I am completely off. She was also in the movie. I want to see this, but it's Please Stand By. Yeah, it's, it's got your girl, uh, Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Tony Collette, and we also have Tyrion Lannister in that, if I believe that's correct. The um, Is he the small person? Well, no, maybe he's not in this. I thought for sure that Peter Dinklage was in this film. But we also have Alice Eve. But I've really wanted to see Play Stand By for a while. Uh, she's been in a few movies, Jessica has. Is she a good scream queen? I think so, don't you? Yeah. Like a modern-day Jamie Lee She's not, I don't think she's like Jamie Lee at all, but, but she's not like a Laurie Strode. She's, I mean, it's, it's a different kind of scream queen. Yeah. She's, it's the CW fun version. True. I, I agree with that. So, all right, let's do, let's move on to your favorite. This is fun when I don't have to do it. Ooh. I'm just going to say that we're going to do the movie review game. Mr. G. Oh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you four Rotten Tomatoes blurbs. One of them is fake. One I wrote myself. Last time we played, you read it to me, and I really biffed it. You did. And the first time, and the time before that, that we did it, Got it. I, I read it to you, and you nailed it. Nailed it. So let's see if you can make it two for two. Let's go. I'm actually going to reveal a little bit about this. I'm a little nervous. You should be. Because one of the... I don't very rarely can stump you on this game. I love I this game. I think you just know how I write and how my sick mind works. Are you ready? Hit me. Do not, not look literally. at me. Don't look at me. Okay. I'm looking down. Move your face up or I'm something. looking at this keyboard. All right. A. Happy Death Day is about 90 minutes long and past the first half hour... <laughs> Every minute is dumber than the one before it. What? Huh. Okay. (laughs) 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 All right. B. If we're doomed to watch the same movies over and over, and we evidently are, at least this one makes an effort. (laughs) Oh, I've got that one is like hitting my spidey sense in terms of like, (laughs) I don't know. C. (laughs) One of 2017's most unforeseen gems, this freewheeling bit of slasher craziness is an amusing genre miracle worth celebrating. Okay. 
D. Low on chills, but high on spunk. Happy death day proves that horror in Hollywood isn't dead yet. Huh, interesting. Those are all four really good. That's a good selection. I am taking a little longer in guessing. This is a tough one. This is probably my best one yet. I would say so, too. And what's amazing, I did it right in front of you, and I did it in maybe two minutes. (laughs) And I told you, the fact that I'm not overthinking this, I think I can beat you. Let me hear number two and three again. So number two is, if we're doomed to watch the same movies over and over, and evidently we are, at least this one makes an effort. And then number three, one of 2017's most unforeseen gems, this freewheeling bit of slasher craziness is an amusing genre miracle worth celebrating. Two, final answer. You are... Incorrect. Was it three? It was not. Whoa, which one was it? The fake one that I wrote is low on chills but high on spunk. Happy... Death oh. proves that horror in Hollywood isn't dead yet. That's how I feel. That's oh. how I feel. Wow. Okay, you got me. I that's. I feel like I just won the Super Bowl. I'm sad. I'm actually sad because that was the the chills part. I thought was an interesting bit, but it. I thought okay. You can't maybe, see right now, but I am. I'm doing a little he, dance. You're literally flossing. <laughs> No, I'm not flossing. I'll never do that. If you see me flossing, you know an alien is taking over my body. Because I would never do that. Floss, floss, baby. Uh, I'm going to have to, but literally the teeth flossing after this book because I just threw up in my mouth. Are you at all mad that you lost that? I'm sad. I'm not. I'm more sad than I am mad. I'm stepping up my game. That literally was, that was tough. That was challenging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this game when I'm not the one reading the reviews i I love that even even whenever i'm sitting in the hot seat man i'm actually starting to cry you saw me take off my glasses during that and i already had tears very nervous so we do two games we do the rotten tomatoes game i'm currently up two nothing on that we do the movie review game you're currently up one nothing on that i'm never gonna get any ground on that because i suck so much yeah that's that's that that's a tough break i was hoping that i'd be able to tie you at least in the and that where I can have two for Mr. G and then you could have two for Rotten Tomatoes. And, and what we're doing is the first one. So we got two separate games. Whoever gets to five first on either game gets a movie ticket. And so popcorn and so, soda. <laughs> no. Woo! So if I get five on, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, you got to buy me a ticket. But I could just owe you one right back because okay. of the Mr., the Mr. Game. We'll go during the happy hour when it's six bucks a ticket. Woo. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's going to be it this week for covering Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Next up, oh, next week. What are we going to do? We are doing I'm scared. March Pickums, where we will end up discussing our top three most anticipated pop culture things that will be happening. This could be anything from sports to movies to TV shows. Video games. To viral videos that haven't gone viral, but we're thinking they will. Music. Loves it. I'm just going to say, right at the moment, I don't have any movies. Whoa. Not Triple Frontier's not on the list? I mean, it could be like number five, but it's not in the top three. Or Ben Affleck going on Jimmy Kimmel, and he was like, I'm done with Batman. I'm retiring. He said, he, so Ben Affleck. Woo! Is not Batman anymore, which really sucks because I love him. Instead, it's Jakey G, Jake Gyllenhaal, baby. Fun fact. I'm not, I'm not even joking around here. He's my favorite Batman. Ben Affleck? Oh, yeah. But he says... Over on, George Clooney? He says on Jimmy Kimmel, he goes, I was writing and directing a Batman movie. I was writing it with a very talented guy who has worked with him in the past. They won an Oscar together. He says he couldn't crack Batman. I don't believe that for a second. I think it just turned into like the studio BS where I, they just he was started sick interfering. Of, yeah, it was the interference in in the backlash from Justice League. I guarantee you. Yeah. He's smart enough to crack a Batman script. He is. But you know what? We have Matt Reeves. We have a new Batman. And I'm excited to see what they do. The guy that Affleck was working with, he did Argo with him, right? He was the screenwriter that did yeah, all Chris of them. Yeah, okay. That's right. That's right. Who, yeah, worked on BVS, Batman versus Superman, right? He wrote the script on that. Yes. Or, well, 
at he least did. a version. But that was the one that, yes, that had been tinkered with. We're not going to get into this. Tinker this is Taylor, insane. Soldier, what? Affleck. Where can people see us and read us and, and watch videos of us doing fun stuff? So check us out on Twitter. We are at Quality Check pod or we, we want followers and we're going to start doing contests to get followers we and that's true he drew's being serious about that we're also on instagram at quality check podcast and you can also email drew your favorite viral videos to at quality check podcast at gmail.com and we're thinking about we get to a certain amount of people on twitter um let's do we'll do a fandango gift card and to to what we'll have somebody you got to answer a question. Does it's not going to be serious, and we'll we'll pick somebody. What well, what do you want that number to be starting off for the Fandango gift card? Yeah, we need we need a number that we want to hit X amount of people that follow us, and then we'll do a we'll do a contest. Let's currently go with five million. <laughs> no, come Woo! on. Okay, so on Twitter, we currently have. Let me see here. <laughs> We've got 43. Yeah, that's, a, that's not a lot. So we've got 43 followers on Twitter. We have to hit 200 and or else I quit. No, come oh. on. <laughs> no. So if we hit 200, <laughs> Fandango gift card. You Dude, heard it from us. We get 200 followers. We'll do a contest and we'll give away a, a Fandango gift card. To that 200th follower. No, not to the two. We'll do it at random. Have to be, it'll you have, have to, to be respond random. to one of our tweets. And that could also be us because we're part of <laughs> <laughs> We could win our own gift card. So hopefully you will end up telling all your friends and family members, share everything with us so that you could be up for grabs for the Fandango gift card. And you and your family members and friends can be stuck in the infinite and in the endless time loop with us. Dang it. Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA.